1: And
2: Welcome to Out of the Blue on this cool Sunday morning in Melbourne. I'm Donna, and today I'm joined in the studio by Farm and Matt. And we've got all the week's marine news and events coming up for you right after our theme song. Stay tuned.
1: (laughs)
3: Anemone cocktail followed by oyster
2: liqueurs. Welcome back to 855 AM 3CR Community Radio. You are listening to Out of the Blue. Um, And on this show, we acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land 3CR is broadcasting from and pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge that this land was never ceded. I'm Donna, everyone. Welcome to the show. And I'm joined by Fum and Matt. Welcome. Hi. Hey, hey. Um, So on today's show, we are having a bit of a chat about an upcoming event, Seaside Scavenge. And we've also got a bit of marine news for you and some Q&A about a recent trip I did to Jordan and the Middle East. I have so many questions. I can't wait. Great. The interviewer (laughs) becomes the interviewee (laughs) on today's show. Um, So I think we'll start with Seaside Scavenge. Who's who's got the scoop on that? Yeah,
3: so Seaside Scavenge is on January 12th from 10am to 2pm down at Rye on the Morningston Peninsula and it is an event that uh, really focuses on volunteers and rubbish. So the idea is that you go down, you clean up as much rubbish as you can find and you get paid in a currency that's like just for the event. And then you can trade that currency for, like, secondhand clothing, uh, beer, smoothies. Ice creams. Mm. Yeah, so all the local <laughs> communities getting together and they're donating, like, their beer and their ice cream and all these different things. Um, and some artworks from different people in the peninsula. And there'll be heaps of workshops and... Um, Yeah, all that really cool stuff. I think last year they collected almost a ton of rubbish off the beach. Oh, wow.
2: That's massive.
0: Yeah, it's more rubbish every year, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the tokens are cool. They're all bottle caps, so that's the currency for the day. If you... uh uh, collect enough bottle caps, mm. you can buy different things. And I must say, um, I got a whole heap of the second-hand clothes last time, and they're really good. Like this yes, is not a selection. crappy Great. op shop. This mm. is like really nice selection of clothes. So, um, where do yeah. all
2: the clothes come from? Are they donated, donated. by participants? Yeah, yeah. they're
0: donated um, <clears throat> uh, beforehand by uh, by people from I guess from from around, just local people, people from the from the peninsula. It's really lovely. Right. Yeah, yeah. organised by our uh, lovely Josie Jones and Co. Oh, so you know Jonesy. it's going to be a success. Yeah, she's <laughs> great. Yeah. Friend of the show. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, this year I read that uh, they're going to have a, a, a wonderful artist as well, aren't they, Matt?
3: Yeah, they're going to be doing some really cool like uh, sculpture work, which will be...
2: Like sand sculpture
3: work? Yeah, yeah, yeah it'll yeah. be crazy to see on the day. So great. it's going to be really impressive. And yeah. the thing I'm actually excited about is because I have a giant box of it at home, is e-waste collection. So this is going to be the first year where they're actually collecting e-waste as well as secondhand clothing and anything you want to bring down like that. Um, SCR have donated, like, um, their ability to collect e-waste. So oh. Southern
2: Cross Recycling? Yeah, Southern yeah. Cross Recycling Group. Yeah. yeah, right. Cool. Yeah, and so,
3: um, yeah, bring your e-waste. <laughs> bring your old computer. I mean, everyone here would have so many phones and so much, like, techno stuff. Oh, my God, stuff. yes. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. All this old stuff. Old cameras as well, like, digital cameras
2: from before mm. phone cameras, you know. Yeah. Just I never use my dust. camera anymore at all. No. Yeah. And our microwave either. died during the week. Although we are going to try and bring that in, (laughs) yeah, Um,
0: I'll be running a session as well. Actually, two sessions of citizen science. So I'll be on the beach on Rye Beach, just on the foreshore there. Um, We are taking water samples to test for sunscreen chemicals in the bay, Mm -hmm. and we're researching together with RMIT University what the effect of some of that more harmful sunscreen chemicals on phytoplankton in the bay are. And we're in the last leg of the project, so this is the third year we're doing summer water sampling mm. uh, and uh, this will be the 1st the kickoff day in Rye so people can join me on the beach, meet me at 9.45 and also at 1.45 so you cool. can just join for two sessions if you like and the festival itself is from 10 to 2 isn't it? Yeah, no. 10 to 2. On what yeah. date was it? Uh, Sunday the 12th of January okay. just on the Rye for sure. Great. Um, <laughs> if we are lucky we'll get the same weather as last year which was pretty amazing, mm-hmm. really <laughs> sunny um, there's music as well um, lovely yeah. singer-songwriter and, a few uh, different bands yeah and uh, we're going to uh, get Captain Trash is Captain also Trash. probably washing up with the tide at some stage if he can leave the bottle of rum alone and <laughs> uh, 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 make him make his way up onto the beach and yeah uh, Uh, do a little bit of music and and singing Mm -hmm. and uh, being his his unreal pirate
2: self with the sunscreen thing I I was hanging out with some of my cousins a few weeks ago and one of them um, started asking me about the effects of sunscreen on coral reefs and whatnot and I was like well the chemicals in it affect the plant uh, you know affect the plant and the polyps and all of that and then it was like why why and I was like
0: Do you want to know why? Yeah, can
2: you give us like just a bit more info about like the chemicals in the sunscreen and why they're bad, what they're bad for? Yeah, so the particular chemical that we are tracking is the one that's the most notorious.
0: Mm -hmm. It's called oxybenzone, Mm -hmm. and it is, it's really the only. Uh, it's the only chemical in chemical sunscreens that actually screens out UV- UVA rays. Mm-hmm. So everything else mostly screens out UVB. So uh, if Which you are have the
2: skin cancer ones? Both. You both. need both. Okay. okay.
0: So so that's why it's called a broad-spectrum sunscreen, right? So you mm-hmm. need a UVA and a UVB filter. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you use something that's a mechanical or physical barrier, such as a non-nano zinc oxide, mm-hmm. that's fine because that filters out everything because it's okay. like a physical barrier where mm-hmm. the... Uh, uh, rays of the sun can't reach your skin. However, if you go with a chemical sunscreen, then oxybenzone is, is one of the most widely used uh, ingredients. Unfortunately, it is super toxic to corals uh, at very low concentrations, like two drops in a swimming pool. Oh, wow. Can already affect corals. And okay. what happens is that oxybenzone. Uh, can actually because it's it's like a lipid right so it's, it's oil soluble so when corals are babies you know they spawn all of their all of their eggs and their sperm in the sea and then the eggs are fertilized in the water column and they make little larvae and those larvae will swim around for a while and they get carried away on currents until they're big enough to um to find a rock and attach themselves to a rock and that's when they start growing their skeleton and that's where they'll be the rest for their li- the rest of their lives so when the larvae are still in that swimming stage Um, If they come into contact with oxybenzone, it will actually mess with their gene expression. And so they will start forming a coral skeleton and encapsulate themselves in their own skeleton while they're not attached yet as a coral. And so the mortality rate of the larvae is is then super high. And this is the problem because that means that no new coral reefs can can establish themselves and damaged reefs can't be reestablished, basically. Mm -hmm. And this is one of the reasons why Hawaii and uh, Palau and some other island states have now fully banned a whole list of these kinds of sunscreen chemicals, including oxybenzone. But we just don't know uh, what the effect is in temperate waters yet. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're researching. So we are looking at, well, RMIT is looking at the effects of oxybenzone, but also nano zinc oxide and nano titanium oxide. um, Very, very tiny, tiny particles um, of of sunscreen that can actually make it through cell membranes and into cells and mess Mm. with gene expression. So quite, quite toxic to marine life. Uh, Well, that's what we think anyway. Uh, And we're measuring what the effect is on phytoplankton in cold waters because we don't have as many corals as a coral reef. Mm. But phytoplankton, they're like the basis of the food chain for all of the bigger species in Port Phillip Bay, right? So if we know if there is an effect on phytoplankton then we can we can guesstimate or estimate and, mm. and see what the effect is on the zooplankton and the small fish and the bigger fish and eventually the dolphins and the seals and all of that sexy macrofauna that everybody loves so
2: much yeah right yeah thanks that was great <laughs> yeah. science so q a with farm jaco yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So come and uh, come and join me and do mm. some
0: citizen science with me. It's going to be super fun. I'll I'll show you how to take the water samples and uh, cool. tell you about more a bit more about the project. So Thanks. you did this
3: last year as well. Yeah, yeah. And was it present or like was it in high levels or what was the result?
0: Well, so I I'm I'm not really allowed to say much about it yet ah. because this is science, right? We want to be sure before we say something first. Mm-hmm. So um, the researchers at MIT are really busy doing all of the data analysis at the moment um but we are we are looking at um we we have been able to now measure oxybenzone concentrations in the water so that is a step one can we actually measure concentrations Mm. and and how high are they so i can now say yes we can measure oxybenzone concentrations after people have been swimming in the bay Uh, but what that means we're still we're still looking out for that now is
2: sunscreen the only source of oxybenzones in the water or is it at all a natural, naturally occurring substance? or No,
0: it's a chemical. It's a man-made yeah. chemical. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as I know, there is no other animal or, you know, legacy pollution in the soil, mm. or, which is something we need to look at as well. Mm. So, for example, in rye, um, we, we can actually measure that there are the, the zinc concentrations in the water are a little bit higher than in Elwood and St Kilda, for example. And we mm-hmm. think that is because there must be something in the sediments, for example. So mm-hmm. there is already a baseline of zinc in the marine environment there mm. uh, compared to c- compared to the other places. But uh, why that is exactly, we don't know
2: yet. We're going to find out, hopefully. Cool. Um, thanks. Very interesting. Um, and also very interesting, Matt, you are an amazing underwater photographer, and you're donating one of your prints to Seaside Scavenge. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um,
3: cool. Yeah, so there'll be a really cool – I believe it's going to be ruffled off, but it's a mm-hmm. really good um, – well, really good – really big print of a uh, smooth um, race. It's
2: very good as well.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, big know, I can't call my own work good. <laughs> yes, you uh, can. How big it's is amazing. <laughs> amazing. Um, I think it's going to be about uh, 50 by 75. Oh, yeah, yeah, nice. So mm-hmm. it'd be perfect for a wall in a house down the peninsula or anywhere, anywhere <laughs> oh, seaside if
0: only. If only. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, get on to that people mm-hmm. come down to uh, to Rye on the 12th of January and uh, you might w- you might just win this wonderful photo um, by Matt Testoni. Uh, and of course, come and join us because it is not just uh, you know a festival where you can win things and uh, and 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 uh, make some uh, <laughs> bottle cap money and exchange that for <laughs> stuff. It's also a really fantastic community gathering. You know, all of your favorite eco warriors from the peninsula and beyond will be there, um, and it's, it's just a wonderful day full of music and positive vibes. I, mm. This is one of the most positive. Uh, and fun environmental festivals i've ever been to awesome yeah it's super fun and bring your kids along as well it's it's great fun for the kids and you know they've got these like tiny little fingers and very sharp eyes they can pick up all the microplastics (laughs) and all the cigarette butts (laughs) (laughs) and clean them up so and that will be fun for kids as well
2: cool so 12th of january put it in your calendars um for seaside scavenge We'll be right back. I'm Philippe Cousteau from Earth Echo International, and you're listening to Out of the Blue, 855 AM, 3CR's Marine and Ocean News program.
3: The City of Stonington presents Carols at Como Park. Join host Rob Mills, X-Factor's Isaiah Firebrace, and more for Carols at Como Park. South Yarra will come alive with song and good cheer at this much-loved Christmas event. Bring the friends and family, and be sure to stay for the spectacular fireworks display. Carol's at Como Park. Sunday, 15th of December from 7.30pm. Visit the City of Stonington website for details. A 3CR supporter.
2: Welcome back. You are tuned to 855 AM 3CR Community Radio and you're listening to Out of the Blue. That was Paul Kelly, Rock Out on the Sea.
0: And uh, I've been dying to ask Donna mm-hmm. about her trip because she has had a lovely trip to the Middle East, and she visited the Red Sea and Ooh. the Dead Sea. Yay! And those two are just—I've never—I've never been to those places, and they've always just spoken so much to my imagination. Mm. Like, what does it look like? What would it look like to go diving there? And we know that the Red Sea, for example, is one of the best dive sites in the world. Dead Sea, obviously the the opposite of that because it's so saline that nothing lives there so what was it like well the Dead
2: Sea we went there first and it's like I think it's about like 300 meters below sea level or something like that so it's um pretty deep and it's basically just an enormous lake that used to be obviously connected to the ocean before it started receding and movement and drought and other things have affected it um and it's basically just a An enormous lake um, join. You can you can see Jerusalem on the other side of the sea. Um, It's quite small and it's nine times more saline than you know your standard ocean. (laughs) Um, And you just float in it, so you can't sink. So if you're a non-swimmer that's this is the beach view but you absolutely don't want to get the water in your eye because it will just sting and burn for like 10 minutes because the salt content is so high
0: what happens when you have like i don't know you scratch a mosquito bite or like you you cut yourself shaving i didn't (laughs) shave my legs before i went in and my legs were stinging like crazy (laughs) yeah um
2: they're like i had a rash but i've got pretty sensitive skin um most other people didn't have that problem um Yeah, so it was quite stingy and you can like cover yourself in dead sea mud first and it's supposed to, you know, take 10 years off your life or something like that. Well, I can tell. I'm
0: looking at you now and it's like zero wrinkles, (laughs) you're
2: glowing. It's like magic. (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty fun actually. But like there's just nothing living in the sea because it is so saline. Um, There was a guy in my group though that said that he um, read somewhere that you could go diving there and that there's like underwater salt pillar kind of things that look incredible but stalagmites um, yeah kind of but salt yeah yeah. like salt columns um, underwater which sounded incredible um but i imagine you would have to wear like 50 kilos of weight. (laughs) so much weight (laughs) i can't imagine like actually yeah Yeah, how would you weigh yeah how how would you weigh you'd um, have
0: to like make your little
2: calculations and uh and up your weight so much um and at that kind of when you're already that far below sea level i was like what does that do to the pressure and stuff but I don't know. I think it's just the same, right? When you're already below sea level, It'd be and slightly
3: more. I yeah, imagine. it would be more
0: yeah. because
2: because seawater weighs one point
0: oh three kilos. Okay. So a litre of fresh water is one kilo, mm. weighs one kilo, but a litre of seawater weighs 1.03 and kilos. That's normal because normal seawater. Yeah, that's normal yeah. seawater because of the, the weight of the salt molecules that are in it. Mm. Yeah, and so, so this would be
2: like more than that
0: because yeah, it's so, so much more saline. Yeah, so I guess that would mm. be... I, yeah, it would, pressure. It would weigh more. Mm. I don't know about the pressure though.
3: We're more pra- we would force the oh like, my god, gas I'm, you know, be more... I'm mm. a
0: schoolboy instructor, I should know these things. I've oh, just like, I don't know, I don't think
2: the Dead Sea is very like, <laughs> well... <laughs> that's not a question that comes no, up. No, but very it's often. physics, though. It's <laughs> physics. But you Simple get taught physics. the
3: opposite, you get taught like if it's a, like you dive in a high altitude, but I've never yeah. heard of yeah. di- diving in, in low, low altitude, altitude. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, low so. altitude and extra saline. So, aren't there any uh like salt water bacteria or something that have adapted to it?
2: Like, how old um, is this sea? Do you know? Well, it's very old, I I don't know exactly how old that's that's very broad <laughs> old um and they didn't kind of mention any yes there are bacteria at like those the vents and stuff underwater, yeah but um there's no like fish or anything like that no yeah no turtles or dolphin nothing, nothing like that, that, that has been no. able to adapt no, to that so how turtle. does it get fed like is are there freshwater the, inlets the or? jordan river yeah oh, right. it flows into it um but that's kind of it and i mean a runoff rain whatever but it's receded significantly in the last kind of 50 years um there was this really cool uh like youtube clip of you know like a time-lapse kind of th- or photo yeah time-lapse photos of like where it was in like the 60s 70s 80s 90s, wow okay thousands today um yeah and even over that period of time it's receded significantly um and you yeah, you can see like the lines of where it was. Yeah, because it would it have the salt like yeah. rings, basically, yeah, right on much. the walls. Yeah. So, yeah. so
0: is that is that due to climate change?
2: Um, probably desert- desertification. Yeah, all that kind of. Yeah, because it would rain even less. Even less. Yeah. So dry. Um. So yeah, climate change. I guess use of the river for agriculture and irrigation and whatnot. So greater use of the in inputs. Um. Yeah all of that kind of stuff would play a part for sure. Mm. So compare that to the Red Sea. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) There were fish everywhere and we were like, uh, like we sailed from a port called Aqaba and for like 40 minutes. Hang on. Aqaba? Aqaba, A-Q-A-B-A. Isn't that where Aladdin Probably
0: Where Aladdin
3: lives. Agrabah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, is it Agrabah is it yeah. the same? I Sorry. It's like sidetrack. Aqua Aladdin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I <laughs> sidetracked you there. But yeah, that's all right. Yeah, so nice little port side city. Um, and yeah, it sailed on a boat for about 40 minutes or so. Um, and then we were only maybe like twenty metres offshore, and you just jump in and there's just like coral reef everywhere and fish everywhere. It was ridiculous the amount of fish. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I, it's like screaming to your snorkel kind of fish yeah. everywhere. Wow. Colourful moray eel. Or I don't know, some kind of eel, massive eel. Um, and just like the colour and the range of fish was incredible. Yeah. yeah. It was so cool. And what about mm. coral cover? Was it good? Like um, There were like... Yeah, I reckon it was. It looked, like, pretty diverse to me. Um, there were huge corals that were, like, kind of that, like the colour of your top, not that that's any use to our listeners, but, like, a mustard kind of colour that were, like, enormous, like the size of a small car. Um, and then just, like, kind of mount, not mountains, yeah, I guess mountains under the water of just all different kind of coral coloured corals sitting on top of each other. And the, the guy, the instructor, It's a bit he's a bit of a cowboy um he was like throwing like breadcrumbs into the water and stuff oh, and i'm no. like hey you don't need to do that because no. there are fish everywhere yeah um and yeah i don't know i'm not really into that but he did and the fish came up really close and yeah it was pretty cool it was amazing wow um and lots of operators out and about and lots of diving yeah it's supposed to be one of the best places in the world to dive which yeah you mentioned earlier too Yeah. Wow. Amazing. So,
0: and and that's, that's something that I've, (laughs) I've really been, um seeing uh, over the last oh i think decade or so i've been diving since i was since i was 18 so it's, it's almost uh, 20 years oh my god 20 years yeah so almost 20 years <laughs> of diving and one of the things i have started noticing when diving in in you know places i've been before is how the not just how the coral cover is receding but also how the fish are disappearing mm. so whenever i go to a nice pristine reef like i was in sodwana bay in south africa in september and just so surprised at the amount of fish, like the numbers, sheer numbers, mm-hmm. like what you've mentioned before, um, and the diversity. And and then I'm thinking, wow, how am I surprised about this, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it used to be like that, mm-hmm. um, but now... Probably
2: more, maybe. Yeah, much more. Yeah. Much,
0: but like when I started diving, oh, like it, it used yep, to be, sure. you know, it used to be that, that there was so much fish life in all these different areas. And then, you know, a few years later, I go back to the same place and it's just, it's just mm-hmm. declining. It's... Um, it's really heartbreaking. So it's really lovely to hear that there are still beautiful, pristine places yeah. where where everything is still, you know, healthy mm. and working as it should.
2: Yeah, it seemed to be. I mean, I only saw like a really small part of it. Yeah, obviously. Um, but it was still so like close to shore and, you know, it's like a port city. So there's mm. like shipping containers coming through and... So you know that's and that's pretty qu- significant, impact. yeah, so and that's it,
0: quite that is yeah. quite significant that that is mm. possible still because usually, like for mm. ex- example, Sodwana Bay in in South Africa, um, those reefs were absolutely pristine and beautiful. Yeah, it's one right. of the best places I've ever dived. But mm. the entire coastline there is mm. the shlushlui Inflosi Wetland Park, mm-hmm. so there's nobody lives there. There's no yeah, okay. you know uh, no developing. Um, there's mm-hmm. no agriculture. There's no like. Uh, way bad waste management or you know pipes with sewage going directly into the sea that yeah. kind of thing and you
2: really noticed that straight away i noticed, in the reefs yeah well there was litter everywhere in jordan like it was a horror situation for me i was just like i cannot believe this um it astounded me um but in the water i didn't see any rubbish and I look for rubbish wow. yeah. when I'm out and about. Like, I see <laughs> yeah, rubbish. You and, me both, yeah. um, <laughs> and I didn't see anything. Yeah. Yeah, I was really surprised. So, I don't know if it's just that it doesn't really rain that much and so you don't get the flow. Oh, possibly. Um, maybe. Yeah, I'm not sure. Or, and because there aren't like the beaches aren't, you don't kind of sit on the beach and it's not a beach full of people either. It's just kind of like a resort might be edged onto the beach and. Right. Yeah, it's like they don't really use the beaches like we use them here. Yeah. Yeah, in Australia. It's more functional just yeah. to get to the sea and do snorkeling or something. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, we are quick running out of time on this show. So we didn't get to our news headlines, but we'll post them on our Facebook page. Um, you've been listening to Out of the Blue with Donna, Matt and Fum on this Sunday morning. Um, up next is Sally with Out of the Pan.
3: Help 3CR support the rights of Indigenous Australians. They mean to save our culture and save our dreams, our footprints, dreams, our song line. And keep our culture going strong. Of
1: course a lot of the aboriginals having been stolen were put into state care and also others.
3: Recognition were. of what our people have been through in the last 200 years, the recognition of our culture in the last 40,000 years and the recognition of where we are heading into the future. Welcome to uh, Survival Day, Invasion Day. 223 years ago the white man landed on our shore. Subscribe to 3CR and help keep indigenous voices on air.
0: Call us on 941983 Seven or visit 3cr.org.au. Subscribe now.